Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Hey friends, it's Kristen. Welcome to slash welcome back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast and happy July 1st to all of you guys. Where are my cancers at? So it's my birthday month as well. Definitely a cancer Gemini moon though. That that is a a very important thing to note. I have a lot, I exhibit a lot of Gemini characteristics, but the mama bear homebody, I feel the need to feed everyone and take care of everyone. That is definitely my cancer showing through. And this is a very special birthday for me. I am turning 30. I will be 30 flirty and thriving on the 18th. And it's really funny because I have felt that age for such a long time. Like I'm so excited to be turning 30 because I feel like that is the age that I have most identified with personality-wise my whole life. I don't know if that makes sense. That might be weird, uh, but that's just where I'm at. So I thought I'd share that with you. And in honor of me, myself and I, I'm going to be sharing a couple of guests and topics this month that are just really important to me and things that have really impacted my life and helped me on my healing journey or entertained me or helped me learn more about myself. And I just hope that you guys really connect with and enjoy the content. So today to kick it off, you guys know how I feel about hormones. You know how important I think hormones are. I changed my entire relationship with food and my body and workouts and health and wellness in general when I finally understood hormones and their function and how to balance mine and come into harmony with my body. So this will be the second conversation I've had on the podcast. Uh, You can go back. I forget what number it is, maybe episode three. It's definitely early on um, called Dude, Where's My Sex Drive that I did with my friend, uh, natural doctor, Lauren Grace. And we talked a lot about hormones, but this episode is special to me Candace Birch is an incredible educator and expert on hormones. I found out about her via my very favorite, the Almost 30 podcast with my girls, Krista and Linza. Linza, God, Krista and Linza. <laughs> Krista and Lindsay. Um, you guys should have heard me. I actually tried to record this a second ago. And I was going to say it's my birthday month. And I said it's my birthday munch. And I just couldn't figure out a clever joke. So I re-recorded and here we are. And I am confessing. So 
it didn't matter. I should have just rolled that one. Anyways, Krista and Lindsay, the magical, whimsical unicorn queens of Almost 30 podcast, had Candace on multiple times, and I just fell in love with her, with all of the information, with her approach, with her no-nonsense style. She is just a magical woman. The other reason I wanted to have her on is because I know that I have a handful of women in my audience who are 40 or older, and I want to make sure that I am getting information out that is valuable and supportive and nourishing to everyone in my audience. And I had gotten a couple of questions early on when I started the podcast from, you know, women who were approaching 50 just about aging and sex and hormones and menopause and all of these things. And so I really wanted to be sure that I was supporting you guys in a really tangible way. So Candace is my prescription to all of those issues. So take a listen. I'm going to share her bio with you real quick. It goes like this. Candace Birch is a hormone health educator with 30 years experience advocating for safe, natural approaches to hormone balance and disease prevention. Today, Candace runs her Your Hormone Balance, a hormone testing and consulting practice that helps individuals detect and correct hidden hormonal imbalances that negatively impact health and longevity. For over a decade, Candace served as the director of education at one of the nation's leading hormone testing labs, working closely with top experts in functional medicine and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. She developed training programs and educational resources for thousands of providers and their patients and was the first to integrate hormone testing into a nationwide weight loss program. Having personally battled hormone imbalance during menopause, Candace, like so many other women, could not find the support and treatment she needed from traditional doctors. By testing her hormones and saliva and following an all-natural rebalancing plan, she was able to reverse her symptoms and regain control of her life. Today, Candace helps hundreds of clients do the same while continuing to raise public awareness about the hormone health through her work as a public speaker, writer, and the founder of Women in Balance, an educational nonprofit. So to say that she is highly, highly qualified... As an understatement, she also just recently launched a podcast called WTF, which is hilarious. It's women talking frankly, and it is magical. So much information. So check that out. I will link it in the show notes. Also, have grace for your sis. This is one of those early recordings that I had to kind of struggle through with a brand new baby James who was you know, having blowouts and crying and we had some technical difficulties, but you know what? The integrity of the conversation still stands. So I am just excited to expose you guys to this information. You're definitely going to want to grab a notepad for this one, take some notes or download it to your podcast, save it so you can go back to it later. And as always, if you enjoy these conversations, if you get value, entertainment, warm fuzzies, you name it, if you could just tap the little five-star situation, leave me a review if you care to, a love note if you will, uh, and really just sharing, sharing the podcast, word of mouth, sending it to friends, sharing links, screenshotting it, putting it on your socials. These are all things that really, really help with the ratings. It helps the podcast charts find me. It helps share the content with more people. And it gives me the ability to have just bigger and bigger guests on the show. So I appreciate it so much. And I really look forward to this month and I'm going to go. Okay. Bye. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, Candice, welcome to Nothing Confidential. I'm so excited to finally have you here. This has been a process. Um, I started trying to get Candice on the podcast months and months ago. I was pregnant. We had all the technical difficulties, just so many things, but cosmic timing. I think today's the day. This is the right time. (laughs) Today is the day. Yes. Uh, all right. for having me. Of course. Well, you guys, um, I'm having a little bit of, uh, I'm like fangirling a little because I first heard Candace Birch um, speak on hormones on my friends, Krista and Lindsay's podcast, Almost 30. And I heard the first episode and then you came back and you did a second one. And mm-hmm. I listened to both of them and I've been following you religiously. This woman is brilliant. She has so much to share on the topic. And we are going to talk a good bit about that. We're also going to address hormones over a certain age for my audience who are, you know, 45 plus and have already started experience the shift. And I feel like there is such a negative um you know, kind of narrative out in the world about what happens to a woman. I mean, ageism, it's, it's rampant in uh, our societal programming where what happens after a certain age, it's like you are no longer viable after you have kids and somehow you get desexualized after a certain age. And, you know, I really want to kind of put a stop to that. And I want to hear your professional opinion and all the facts um, around that. So that's just a couple of the things we're going to jump into. But I wanted to actually start with the fact that Candace just started a podcast also, um, WTF, and I'm not saying what the fuck, like that's the name of your podcast. Yay! Yay! So what does WTF you actually stand it. for? Oh yeah, you my podcast is explicit, so feel free to swear. If you would like okay, to. <laughs> we've only said the, on ours, we've only said the F-bomb once because we're chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> just once so far. Um, it stands for, it, it does stand for the what the fuck, uh, because we're looking at all the issues that have to do with hormones and, you know, like, why am I waking up at two in the morning and running to the refrigerator? WTF. But the WTF is also women talking frankly. I love that. <laughs> Name. And uh, I'm co-hosting it with a nurse practitioner in Portland, Oregon, who uh, sees menopausal women all the time and women of all ages actually about hormone issues. Kyle McAvoy and I have known each other a long time because when I was, uh, I was a director of education at this huge hormone testing lab in Portland and she was one of our providers and we were always educating other providers and consumers. So she and I started working together. And then last year we decided since everyone's doing a podcast, why don't we do one too? for that demographic of women that are moving into perimenopause when your hormones start to go roller coaster on you and for women in menopause. So that's primarily our demographic because we're women in menopause. So that, you know, that's who we're talking to, but we also have daughters who are millennials. And so our daughters are saying, mom, you got to talk about birth control and the cycles and all that. So we're finding that we're talking about everything. The last, the last one we did was about sleep, and we're going to be doing another one on libido. We've talked to a compounding pharmacist about natural hormones, so I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. We're growing. So womentalkingfrankly.com is the place to find us. Thank All right. you for of course. mentioning it. Yeah. So you guys go and look that up. I'm definitely going to go listen to all of them. I love the name women talking frankly. I feel like yes. I, I speak frankly pretty often. Yes. <laughs> um, 
I also think that, you know, if everyone's hormones were balanced, there would be world peace. So I think it's an incredibly crucial conversation to be having. You can't talk about it enough. Um, and, and I'm so glad that you, that you guys are tackling, you know, this topic of conversation for the women in perimenopause and menopause, because, you know, like we were saying a minute ago, it just societally, it's like you're basically youth is really celebrated and idolized. And after childbearing years, you're kind of like sloughed off to the side. It's like, whether you're in modeling or acting or not, it's like everyday women experience that too. It's like, as soon as you're not contributing that way, or as soon as you pass a certain age, people kind of stop talking about and thinking about you, you know, to an extent, at least, um, you know, and what, what's the word I'm looking for? The market, like marketing, basically. They're kind of yeah. like, oh, we're not really interested in you guys anymore. Like you don't have anything to add, you know? And, so and I, I, we have talked that, about that feeling of being invisible yeah. or often even just embarrassed by mm-hmm. eight, by your aging. You know, you look in the mirror and you, you know, it is hard if it, to, to age. And, and yet, you know, as I often say, aging is not a Botox deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really about how, how well you take care of yourself over the years. And so talking to younger women about balancing their hormones early on and being aware of the symptoms of hormone imbalance and taking steps to turn that around lifestyle-wise, because mm-hmm. nobody that's young should have to be using or supplementing with hormones, um, not quite, but we certainly want to be boosting and replenishing and balancing our hormones by being aware of what it takes to do that. Because we, we don't want to be like you were saying, the idea of menopause is sort of or, or moving into that realm is kind of scary and women don't look forward to it. And they think it's going to be this horrible experience. And it need not be. I'm here to attest to that. And I, there are plenty of other women out there. Look at Jane Fonda, for God. Oh, my God. She's stunning. Like I yeah. would, I would still do her. Like she is yeah. so, she has been, the woman it. is stunning. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. And she, and she always has been, but, but she's such a good example of how to age gracefully. I know she's had a little work done. I mean, it's hard to resist. Um, you know, I think she's, she's proud, you know, she but she's been so tasteful. She's been incredibly yeah. tasteful because I worked in plastic surgery back in the day. And like, you can tell that I did. Um, I worked with a plastic surgeon. I managed a private practice for two and a half years and, uh, definitely can spot, um, a good job versus a bad job. And it's just, it's that her playing up the things she's always had. So essentially, you know, her practitioner is looking at pictures of her when she was 35 and is just slightly filling the contours that she had when Mm -hmm. she was 35. It's like, and you can tell, and, but I mean, she just, she does such a great job. It's been minimal and less is more, you know, she's done just a little here and there gradually over time. Uh, instead of, you know, going and remaking everything and her whole face is trying to look like she's 20. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I do, I do find it somehow shocking that, I mean, my girl, my daughters both live in Southern California and a lot of gals are at 30 and, you know, younger getting all kinds of Botox and it's, 
Well, it was interesting. It was interesting when I was there because I had women, um, you know, young women coming in 23, 24, because, because someone told them that it was preventative Botox and that the earlier you start, the better, which that is not true. Um, and I will tell anybody listening, we won't stay on this too long, but the earlier you start paralyzing the muscles, the faster the treatment stops being effective and areas around the paralyzed area start to collapse. So basically you are upping how soon you're going to need a facelift because you're paralyzing all of your muscles, um, permanently. Eventually they stop responding. They stop bouncing back and everything sags around them, creating new wrinkles and new lines. So anyone who heard that starting early, um, don't do it. It's really dumb. Oh, I'm glad this came up. I'm really (laughs) glad this came up. Uh, yeah. And I mean, my, my argument too, is that if your hormones are out of balance, all the Botox and all the skin creams and, and treatments are not going to turn that around. You're going to age more rapidly, actually. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, elastogen and collagen and, you know, bright skin and bright eyes, like these are the benefits of good health. Like these are the markers of balanced hormones and good health. Like you can't, um, you, you can't make those up and you can't, uh, synthetically provide those if everything else is going to shit. So, (laughs) I mean, actually the skin is teeming from head to toe with hormone receptors, particularly estrogens. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, when those hormones get uh, out of balance, uh, you start to have dry skin and sagging skin. And if your cortisol stress hormones are up, it's going to show on your skin. Um, so yeah, there's, that's, that's another good topic (laughs) (laughs) Skin health and hormones. You could break it down in a million different ways. That's true. What you just said is really important. I hope some, a lot of people hear that. Hope so too. So young or old, that's the deal. That's yeah. the deal with Botox. Yeah. Um, all right. So since we're, since we're on it, we were talking about, uh, vitamin deficiencies. And I think that a lot of women, um, over the age of 50 have a vitamin D deficiency and I'm not talking about D3. I'm talking about Dick. So I think the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, oh, yes, I see that in test results all the time. Okay, That that is the thing, too, and I I don't mean that to be crass. I'm actually just trying to be clever. Um, But I do see (laughs) the reason that I really wanted to have you on here to talk about hormones. I want to talk about the impact of them on our sex life and how they impact more than the sex life, but our our sexuality as we transition from middle age into what they call the golden years, they called them that for a reason. And yet, you know, there's all of this like fear around it. Um, I want to, I just, I want to talk about what's possible for women who are going through perimenopause and menopause when it comes to sex, because a lot of them are suffering like the women who message me are feeling like something is wrong with them because they're dry all the time. They are really, um, their drive is gone, took a huge plunge and is gone. And they are wondering if they're ever going to feel attracted to their partner ever again, if they're ever going to be interested in sex ever again. And it's a very, like, I think that adds to how scary it is to be going through this transition and not really knowing you know, what to expect or what the optimal outcome is. Like, I think they're all just kind of like, Oh, as long as, you know, we keep it together, we don't gain too much weight and you know, whatever, like we're doing okay, but that's not thriving by any means. Um, so can Mm -hmm. you speak to that? 
Yeah, I mean, interestingly, though, I talk to a lot of younger women your age who have no libido and whose test results show hormone levels that look like a woman in menopause. Um, so obviously, there's an inevitable decline and in certain hormones more than others as women get older. And the most pronounced decline is in the hormone progesterone, which balances estrogen. But in women, in younger women, so let's go through the stages. In younger women who are in premenopause, like in their 20s, 30s, the low libido thing really turns up when they've been on a birth control pill for a long time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of gals started a birth control pill when they were 15, not because they were sexually active. Most of the time, over 50% of, of women are on the pill and are not using it for contraception. They're on it because they had acne or heavy, painful periods or horrible PMS, generally. And a lot of those women have stayed on that pill for, or the, you know, the IUD for 10 or more years. And what does contraception do but shut down your ovaries? To the same thing that a woman in menopause has no ovarian hormone production anymore. So you're seeing, um, you know, the same kinds of symptoms happen where your estro if estrogen is low because the ovaries are not producing, then you're going to have all kinds of symptoms. I mean, the main symptoms are really dryness everywhere, dry hair, dry skin. Um, I was just saying, you know, the skin is teeming with estrogen receptors. You're going to have um, dry, you know, vaginal dryness and, and also what they call hypertrophy of the uterine lining. The endometrium lining starts to, you know, thin to a point where intercourse becomes painful. So you've got lots of things going on. You've got the estrogen dropping. You're also getting hot flashes and night sweats in the middle of the night. You're not sleeping. So that doesn't do a whole lot for, your, for getting in the mood for sex. You may have pain upon intercourse because of this vaginal dryness and lack of uh, lubrication. And that also involves the hormone testosterone. So that tends to be down certainly in women on, in younger women on birth control, in women in perimenopause, which is sort of starting late 30s, depending on how much ongoing unresolved stress you have in your life. And we mm -hmm. should talk about that because there are different kinds of stress, but there's good stress, bad stress. But um, stress hormones reduce testosterone. So if you're always overbooked, overcommitted, overworked, um, never getting a break in life and and really stressed out, that's going to affect your testosterone levels. <laughs> so 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 that with younger women, I, I talk to a lot of younger women who are in and perimenopausal women too, which are kind of defined as the Gen Xers, you know, from thirty nine to forty five um, or greater. That's when hormones inevitably start their long slow journey to menopause. It takes about 10 years. Mm. It starts in the late 30s, early 40s. And what starts to happen is you start to notice your periods are changing. They're heavier than they were, or they're lighter, or they don't show up at all. Um, you've got these mood swings, people, or you have your PMS is way worse than it ever was. And women will say different things like, I want to break up with my husband every, or my boyfriend <laughs> every time I get my period. <laughs> Or I really love my husband, but I just am not attracted to him or anybody anymore. 
or, you know, I just, I'm just biting the heads off of people that I love most in all the world. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, women are really distressed by that. And on a test result, you can see their estrogen levels are down. So again, that's going to cause this disruption of sleep because of hot flashes, maybe even heart racing palpitations, which makes people think they're anxious. You know, a lot of anxiety is huge among people I talk to, but I'm, I really wonder when I see a low estrogen, heart palpitations are very common to a low estrogen. So if your estrogen's low and your heart starts racing, you're thinking you're having a panic attack and it may just be a low estrogen. Yeah. And, then, and there's all that dryness. Then on the flip side, you've got estrogen dominance where estrogen is high and that's common in women that are overweight or in women that aren't making any progesterone. And I should talk about that. Estrogen is the hormone that made us female. So it grew all our female organs. It's a growth hormone. It grew our breasts, our ovaries, our uterus. It's, it's growing the egg and the ovary, the first half of the cycle. And it's growing the blood-rich lining we shed as a period. So it's a growth hormone, and that's great. But growth needs to be controlled and balanced. Because when estrogen is not controlled and balanced by progesterone, which is its balancing partner, so you've got estrogen the first half of the cycle, and then we're supposed to ovulate. We're supposed to ovulate, but not everybody ovulates every cycle, and that's another subject. If you don't ovulate, you don't make progesterone. And progesterone is the hormone that handles the whole second half of the cycle. It balances estrogen. It tells estrogen, okay, you grew the egg. You grew the blood-rich lining. We don't need any more growth. Now we're going to get things ready for a possible pregnancy. Progesterone is actually the pregnancy hormone, progestation. So you have lots of progesterone, enough to make bring that baby James to term. <laughs> and when you gave birth, a lot of that progesterone went out with the placenta. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women have postpartum depression if if they when when they lose all those hormones and if they you know if they also have a lot of stress and we were just talking about how hard it is you give you know you're pregnant for nine months you give birth yeah. then you've got a baby and you can't hardly take time to pee <laughs> so I know it just keeps going you're like the pregnancy part feels like the hardest part and then you're like oh no like that happens and then there's like six weeks before you can even think about having sex and then there's a year of it at least if you're lucky of breastfeeding which messes with your hormones and your cycle and then after that you know it just it keeps it keeps going it just keeps going yeah <laughs> and, and that's where you know you need you really need to take give tender loving care to your adrenal glands which ma the master glands that manage the stress hormone cortisol and the fight or flight because you don't want any of the, the all of these hormones are like seesaws one goes up the other goes down um, but in general women in perimenopause are are dealing with fluctuating hormone levels which are much more um, dramatic you know m more dramatic spikes and dips in women who have a lot going on at the same time like so many women in their late 30s are and into their 40s have a full on career. They're working full time. They've got kids. They've got a million things going on. And now they're going into many into perimenopause and they're having hot flashes in the middle of an important meeting or they're forgetting what they're saying. These are the ones that have no sex drive. They'll say, I have just no libido and I feel really bad about it. And my husband doesn't think I love him anymore, you know. 
Yeah. That it really is this fluctuation. So, and often these are the same women who are trying to lose weight because in the perimenopause years, when estrogen and progesterone are fluctuating and we're not ovulating as often, and I said, you know, you can have a period and not ovulate. So that means we didn't make that calming, balancing hormone progesterone that cycle. And um, so then we get into this situation of what I was referring to before as estrogen dominance, where your estrogen isn't, it, it isn't in balance relative to progesterone. So you can actually have a high estrogen, obviously that would be estrogen dominance, but you can have a low estrogen or a normal estrogen as it shows up on a test result and we measure the ratio of estrogen to progesterone. And if the progesterone is really low, your estrogen can still be in excess mm. relative to your progesterone. And that puts you in an estrogen dominant state. And that doesn't do anything for libido either because estrogen dominance makes you real moody. It makes PMS worse. It makes you bloat and retain water. It thwarts your thyroid action, makes you feel sluggish and lethargic. So there are all kinds of, and libido is, is really takes a hit in there too. So there are lots of combinations of hormone, hormone combinations in those fluctuating years of our 40s. And then once we get to menopause, which is officially around age 51, 12 sequential months without a cycle, then women are generally at much lower levels overall lower testosterone lower estrogen and and very very little if any progesterone and that's when they stop sleeping too when sleep becomes an issue which also does nothing for your sexuality when you're overtired yeah and, and crabby and irritable oh my goodness so yeah. that's I, I love, like, I'm fascinated. I'm a major hormone nerd. So I could like nerd out with you and go down all the rabbit holes, but that's like yeah. what you just put out there for the average person is a lot of information. So when it comes to breaking it down, okay. So if women are entering, um, perimenopause and they are starting to feel, I'm trying to think of how I want to to pose this question. Cause I know that when working with women, the way that you have and doing the work that you do, you address so much more than just the hormones. Like you can tell them what to take, you know, to support the hormone function. What kind of lifestyle, um, guidance are you giving these women who are feeling not vibrant and not, um, you know, not feminine and not luscious and, you know, all of the things that we are used to in our middle age, like when things start to go awry, you know, what are you helping them tackle as you're giving them all of the yeah. very tactical things to do? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a holistic approach. Like I was saying about our little mm -hmm. Botox conversation, you can't just take things and hope to, you know, reverse a, a general imbalance. So I think, first of all, testing is, you know, testing your hormone levels is this place to start because otherwise you're guessing, you know, you know that you're moving into some sort of hormonal change, but it's kind of a mystery. And any comments or suggestions I make, I do provide an action plan for people after we've talked on the phone. We go through their test results together. Um, and we, we go through everything, but I don't make suggestions until I see those levels. So if let's say somebody has, is estrogen dominant and they're gaining weight 
and they can't lose it. And they'll say to me, I always had a flat stomach and now I, my, I have belly fat and no matter what I do, I can't get rid of it and I'm doing nothing different. I'm eating the same and I'm exercising the same as I always did. And you know, I, I, my libido's down, what's, what's happening? So if, if there's an estrogen dominance situation and they're in their mid forties, I will discuss replenishing progesterone the hormone that is uh, bioidentical, which means made from plants. We're not talking about synthetic hormones. We're talking about a, a hormone made from plants, which is gonna duplicate the hormones your own body makes. And you use it in Goldilocks amounts, which is a very small amount. You use it at bedtime, it helps you sleep, it helps with hot flashes and night sweats. It's fantastic, it's magic, actually. But that goes along with stress management. So. A lot of these same women, because they're gaining weight and because they're stressed, they're feeling like they got to get to the gym and they tend to be working out too much. So they're so frying their adrenals and it's just a cycle that adrenals. doesn't end. Okay. Yeah. And they'll say, I work out every day. I'm at the gym every day, five or six days a week. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not eating this. I'm not eating that, you know, mm -hmm. lots of restrictive diets. So when it gets, so yes, there's progesterone and yes, there's B complex. And yes, there's vitamin D3 and all kinds of things that women are deficient in and need, but they also are overdoing it on the lifestyle front with too much exercise, which slams the adrenals um, and keeps them down. You know, like you'll see on a test result, the adrenal cortisol curve should see highest levels in the morning, dropping gradually to the lowest levels at night, and I'll see flatline levels with people having really low levels in the morning when they should be, you know, feeling rested and refreshed and high levels at night when they're supposed to be going to sleep. So, yeah. so that tired, either, wired response, yeah. like at bedtime. Yeah. Right. So it's either, or they're flat all day, or they have a little bit of a rise in the morning and then they just crash. And these are the women that'll say, I don't get it. I'm constantly working. I'm constantly, I've got a high stress life. How can my levels, my cortisol levels be so low? And that is because, as you said, maybe they have they have burned out or at least exhausted or taxed their adrenals to a point where the adrenals can no longer keep up. They get the mm -hmm. signal, hey, she's exercising again. Oh, my God, she's spinning for the second time today. Um, and let's pump out some cortisol. And the adrenals are going, can't do it, man, can't keep up. Because she's also restricting her diet and not eating enough protein or good fat. And that's what we live on. You know, mm -hmm. over, the ovaries need good fats, those healthy, good coconut and avocado yeah. and olive oil and all that good stuff. I mean, I think the, some of that keto diet, the keto approach is not a bad thing as long mm -hmm. as you don't overdo it on the fats. But right. Good fats and protein are absolutely fundamental to hormone production. So anybody that is restricting that they're, they're those foods or not getting enough. I mean, yeah. I think it's hard. You have to be aware of how to get enough of those foods. So lifestyle wise, it's dialing back on the exercise, especially if you're, if your testosterone is in the tank, you're going to feel like you're not, you don't have the strength and stamina to work out and you're going to go to a workout and you're not going to feel rejuvenated. You're going to feel exhausted and your muscles are sore and you're going to know somewhere in there, I'm burning myself out. So that's your first tent. And that's where you need to dial back on the exercise. And I always say high intensity is great, but balance it with low intensity, yoga, mm -hmm. Pilates, stretching, swimming, 
lifting weights is great for women a couple days a week and it doesn't have to be heavy weights because lifting weights in a person with low testosterone, that's going to boost your testosterone levels the most natural way by increasing lean muscle mass. So that's one of you know the suggestions. It's going to be dialing back your exercise, balancing it, adding in some weight bearing. So it's all of a, a kind of mm. balanced exercise plan. Bringing back the fats and that you know I, I have gotten in trouble talking about vegans who don't get enough protein, <laughs> but it's vegans, comma, who don't get yeah, enough protein. Exactly. <laughs> you have to make sure you get enough good proteins to make those hormones. And it's possible. It is possible for vegans. It is harder. I, I think that's just being honest. It's definitely harder for vegans to get um, the right amount of protein, but it is possible. You just have to pay extra special attention to it. So my listeners who are vegans, you can put down your pitchfork. We love you. Just be sure that you are um, <laughs> supplementing in a way that is going to support you and your hormones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually my daughter, Jess, who's, um, she's actually Krista of almost thirties life, a health coach. Yeah. She's got a sugar cleanse called the sexy sugar cleanse, which helps women lose weight and get back into a way of eating. That's bringing in a lot of good, healthy plant-based proteins. There's plenty of plant-based proteins. Oh yeah. We're not talking about eating bacon and beef all day. Right. <laughs> that we're talking about. And, and another thing that's really important in terms of lifestyle, besides dialing, you know, creating a more balanced exercise program, not skipping meals. So it's it, because skipping meals affects your adrenals. Again, the adrenals job is to take the nutrients you eat every day and turn them into blood glucose, which is fuel for the brain exclusively and fuel for the body. So and then, you know, the adrenals are regulating that that blood sugar insulin response. So if in people who are eating, you know, the vegan connection or the plant-based, if it gets too much to the go-to carb as a way to eat simply, because it mm -hmm. is, you know, you've got to really create awareness around putting that nutrient-dense protein, good fat meal together. If it gets to the carb stage, then we have another problem because carbs and sugars, if the intake is too high, they create a lot of blood sugar. That's obvious. But that in turn creates a lot of insulin to, you know, to handle all that blood glucose. And if that's the way it keeps going, and there's also a lot of unresolved stress on board, insulin tends to remain high. That's when we get what we call insulin resistance. That's when your belly starts to stay fat and your waist is wide and you cannot get rid of it, your periods may become irregular because what's happening is an excess of insulin actually causes the ovaries to overproduce testosterone. And that's when you see women getting uh, having irregular periods because the, the excess testosterone is shutting down their estrogen and progesterone and now they don't, that hits their libido too. It also causes acne and oily skin um, and very aggressive feelings, like you're feeling edgy and irritable mm -hmm. all the time. And for some women, they, get, they, they suffer with excess facial hair mm -hmm. or body hair. And that's a big link to polycystic ovarian syndrome. So going all the way back, this idea of rebalancing hormones has to, has to, to look at diet, dietary, you know, my daughter hates to use the word diet, but eating in a yeah. balanced hormone balancing way. I mean, fat, when I mentioned fat, cholesterol, oh, oh. 
Just so you guys know, Miss James is with us today, and she just pooped her pants. So we may have to roll to commercial in a second. Okay, roll to commercial. One of the reasons, Candace, that I wanted to have you specifically come is because I've we've definitely had conversations um, before, like on the podcast. I had a good friend of mine who, uh, Dr. Lauren, she's a holistic um, physician and, you know, does hormones and she's awesome, but she's also like 35. And, you know, I feel like there are definitely women in my audience who are kind of like, okay, like all you young ducks running around telling us about like hormone things, like you don't understand me, you don't know what's going on. And a big part of nothing confidential is creating a space where people are feeling seen and heard. And so I am like bringing in people on purpose who are going to be able to validate the experiences that these women are having. And Mm -hmm. I would love it if you felt comfortable sharing a little bit, like just shifting gears a smidge and talking about your personal journey, like when you started entering perimenopause and kind of how that showed up in your body and in your, just in your life and in your relationships and how you started taking these steps that you're talking about, like, and like in an applied way, basically, like what you started doing when you started noticing it happening to you. Yeah. And I think my story is probably, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I think my story is probably pretty typical of what any woman that's entering this phase probably needs to think about and to do. So, you know, the awareness starts with what are the symptoms? And um, my my experience was I had, um, I started at age, it actually was my mid 40s, I started having hot flashes and night sweats. And the hot flashes were coming like every 20 minutes. And I was having a mood swing in between. And I famously always talk about how I had little kids then because I started late. So I had a three-year-old. No, I had a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I just remember looking at Ryan one day after yelling at her for no good reason. And she just had tears standing in her eyes. And I could see that she was afraid of me. And so I just realized I've got to get a handle on this. This has got to be hormonal. And of course... The data on synthetic HRT and Premarin and PremPro for women in, you know, 40-something and on is not good. We've seen that the studies, European studies, and the Women's Health Initiative have shown the risks of using synthetic hormones. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what doctors this will, will go to the doctor and he'll, he, she will say, you know, this is menopause, you're, you know, they'll do one simple test looking at FSH, which is the hormone that signals your ovaries to produce hormone, and it gets high because there's nothing, you know, the signals falling on deaf ears. So the doctor will say, you're in menopause, here's an antidepressant, or, you know, here's, you know, some Prempro. And that's how most people have been dealt with. And most women don't feel listened to. And they they know that these hormones can be dangerous. They don't want to take them. And they'll also say to me often, I'm not depressed. I don't want, I mean, I feel, I feel down. I, but my life is not depressing. I'm not depressed. I don't want to be on an antidepressant. So what do you do? So 
what I did was I immediately read the book, What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause by Dr. John Lee, which is the Bible. And I felt like he was speaking to me. So, of course, I was crying all through the book. And that's another thing. You're always crying. That wasn't hormones, was it? (laughs) (laughs) And then I got my, I immediately got my hormones tested. And of course, my estrogen was lower than it would be normally if I were younger. My progesterone was like at nil because I wasn't ovulating much anymore. My um, testosterone was quite, was very low and my stress hormones were high. So that's what a lot of women will see or, you know, or their stress hormones will be low. And so when you get a test, you're able to confirm your symptoms. We, you know, we can match up the symptoms with the test results, which makes a lot of women feel better. It's like, okay, I get it that this is inevitable, but the speed and the pace with which these changes happen and how severe they are doesn't have to be, you know, bad. It's really linked to how much out of balance your hormones are. So the first thing I did, and I was in my late 40s, I started just replenishing with progesterone cream. I stopped drinking as much caffeine as I had been drinking because I hadn't been sleeping well. So, and I stopped pulling all-nighters when I was working on my journalistic deadlines. You know, there were different, uh, there were lifestyle changes. Today, it's like, got to get off your screen at late at night. So that you're not messing with your melatonin and cortisol stress hormones and keeping yourself awake, which has a huge link to weight gain, by the way, because appetite hormones operate on the sleep-wake cycle. So if you're, if you're not getting enough sleep, you start to feel hungry all the time because ghrelin goes up and then you're overeating and then it's just a vicious cycle. But basically, I used a little bit of replenishing bioidentical hormone two weeks of my cycle progesterone, which is balancing, calming, and helps you sleep. I changed a lot of my my lifestyle, you know, like my exercise was too intense. My caffeine intake was too intense. My sleep was too little. Women are notorious for not taking care of themselves um, and taking care of everyone else. So I started doing things that were about me, like having a little break. I remember telling the kids and my husband, In the morning, I just need to sit and have my tea and stare into space. And if I can just have five minutes peace, I would really appreciate it. Really no talking until after tea. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, just, just different things like that. But within a week, I'd say, and I'm not saying this happens to every woman, but within a week, I was sleeping better. The progesterone cream is infinitely important. It is called the Great Balancer, and I hate to sound like a salesman for it, but it's it is. Gold. <laughs> but it's really magic, along with things like omega threes, getting yourself into a good smoothie in the morning, so that you get the protein powder in there and the good fat, like maybe a big tablespoonful of nut butter yeah. or half an avocado. Throw in some turmeric, which is anti-inflammatory. These get some the fiber kind of, to move yes. stuff out of your system. You gotta get, and that's another huge um, important issue as well, that when hormones become, when they're out of balance and we have an excess of one over another, especially estrogen dominance, which is so common in older, in women in menopause and perimenopause, um, it's really important to not contribute, do anything to contribute to that dominance. So that means you might have to lose weight if you're overweight and 
and using, um, you know, getting, starting to do hormone balancing lifestyle things can help that fiber, et cetera, progesterone, but also avoiding any chemicals in the foods you're eating. So protein that has been shot up with hormones like the meat and dairy industry do to make their cattle grow fat faster. And who does that make grow fat faster but us? Mm -hmm. um, so we want to avoid, it becomes extremely important. You go to the store, you want to buy some, some salmon. You want to buy wild caught salmon, not farmed. You want to buy some beef or pork that the label should say, these animals were raised without hormones or antibiotics. Same with chicken. You've got to open the lid of an egg carton and have it. It should say these hens are mm -hmm. free range, raised without hormones. That also extends. And, and, and the reason is because these hormones that the uh, cattle industry and dairy industry use are synthetic. They're growth hormones and they just add to the estrogen dominant the, the burden that we carry in our bodies and if we're not digesting our food well if we're not eliminating well we'll be accumulating these and we get really high in estrogens and that is a huge risk for not only weight gain in the hip size bottom but breast cancer down the road many of them are driven by um by estrogen so it's not so these these estrogens that are synthetic are called xenoestrogens. They are xeno means foreign or unfamiliar to the body, um, and they just get into the cell and take over. It's like the the unwanted guest that stays too long. They <laughs> they they just kick out the normally occurring hormone and take over. So they, you know, we have to rid ourselves of them by avoiding them in the first place and other things you have to do. And I have this all in an action plan that I send to people, but no microwaving your food in plastic or heating mm -hmm. it in plastic, no drinking yeah. out of plastic water bottles because plastic is made of polycarbons, which are xenos. Um, you That's know, why and, BPA free for people who don't know why you get BPA free things like that is why you get BPA free stuff. That is glass. why you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you don't, you know, why you say no to your receipts, because the ink that has has BPA and different chemicals in it that act like those those xenoestrogens. That's why you don't store your hot food in plastic either. Um, and, and that's why you go natural with your cleaning products and your and everything you put on your skin. Yeah. Think of what women we're using billions of products, mm. hair yeah. products face products, skin products, and our skin is such a very effective absorbing organ, Yeah, all that stuff. And do you know that the um, Cosmetic Safety Act has not been updated in since mm -hmm. 1938? Yeah. That's a whole, that is a whole nother show like that, yeah. because the difference between products, beauty products, what is allowed and what is not allowed in Europe versus here is crazy, like insane. Cause they yes. have higher, they have higher rules and standards than we do. Um, and it, yeah, it's absolutely nuts, but I think they have something over a thousand chemicals that are banned that are not allowed in their product, in their facial yep. or personal care products. And we have about a hundred something. Yeah. Which is just like, I mean, that should make you <coughs> feel sick. Like that is, it's horrible, but just any, anything that is going on or in your body, like we want to keep, we like our beauty products. Like we like our people, we want them toxic free. So like just everybody needs to clean up their act when it comes to what you're putting into your body. And that includes tampons, like something, think about everything that goes into your body. 
you don't want to be putting scented, um, synthetic bleached items up your twat. Like that's just, that's not helpful either. And we need to be really careful about that. I was just looking, I used to have a list. What did I do with that? I had a list of the natural, oh, non-toxic tampons mm-hmm. at Cora Women, at Lola. Yep. Sustain um, is a good one. And and even Seventh Generation, who actually, the girl who founded Sustain, her dad founded uh, Seventh Generation. So all of their cleaning products and all of their um, tampons and stuff, you know, the marketing's not as cute, but they're a little bit cheaper. So if you're just trying to clean it up, like... Do a little research on the company itself and make sure that they have ethical practices and that they're not just using, because a lot of brands still use um, not quite honest marketing to make something sound like it's clean, but they have very like harmful, oh, bless you, uh, baby sneezes. (laughs) You guys are missing the show. Candace and I are on video. um, Yeah in our casual clothes and James is hanging out and just doing all the things. Um, but you know, you guys are, this is like radio hour. So, but yeah, just making sure that where the products are yeah. coming from, yeah. like that are matters. You there? Yeah. Are you there? Candace? Also fragrances. Someone brought, um, uh, fragrances are also loaded with toxins. And, and there's a, there's a brand called beauty counter that I really like because their owner, Greg Renfrew is up on Capitol Hill. Greg Renfrew is her name. Um, and she's up on Capitol Hill fighting to get the cosmetic safety act overhauled so that we women are protected from these, from these toxic hormones that, you know, I said they get into the cell, the way a hormone works is like a key. It's so specific. It's like the key you use to open your own front door. They are very specific. We call it binding. The hormone binds to its receptor site. So if you think of mm-hmm. a, a plane, you know, a helicopter landing pad or a key moving it, opening the door to opening the lock to a door, that's how specific it is. And when these xenos do this, they don't open the door nicely. They just kick the door in. They're really toxic and they're all around us. So we have to do things. And eating more fiber gets rid of them, having more, you know, doing everything you can to eliminate regularly. And, you know, so adding fiber, adding flax, adding um, hemp seeds to your salads, um, you know, drinking lots of water, using cruciferous, eating as many cruciferous vegetables as possible. Have you heard about that? The importance of. So Absolutely. cruciferous ve- veggies are another way when I, when I, you're asking me what I say to women, what women can do. Women who are in menopause, perimenopause, who are estrogen dominant, another way to handle that is to eat lots of cabbage or broccoli or Brussels sprouts or take a supplement called DIM, mm-hmm. which is the uh, active ingredient of Brussels, of, of cruciferous vegetables. Because fascinatingly, if you look at the biochemistry all these hormones in our body have to be metabolized, right? We use them and we should lose them. They go through all kinds of pathways and then the liver metabolizes them and they are excreted. If they are not, they build up and accumulate. And one of the pathways, there are three pathways for estrogen and two of them lead to sort of storage in the body and one of them is the good pathway. I don't want to get into the chemical names, it's too confusing, but the good pathway the promotion of estrogens down that good pathway and out of the body is is promoted by cruciferous vegetables. They, mm-hmm. They've just found that that active ingredient actually moves excess estrogens 
out of the out of the body, which is great. Yeah. You know, so you can add those. You don't want to eat them raw too often because they can affect thyroid, but they can impact right. and slow thyroid. I'm glad you said that. I was actually going to mention that if people um, struggle with cruciferous vegetables or if they get really bad gas, a couple things you can do is make sure that you're cooking them, lightly cook them. Um, definitely take a, uh, uh, a digestive enzyme. Make sure you're getting a digestive yes. enzyme to help you break it down if you find that you get gas from these things. But um, Candace is very professional in saying that, you know, eliminating often is good. If you're confused, you need to poop. Like pooping is essential. Pooping is like one of the prime things. If you can't talk about, you know, poop and the state of your, of your sexual health, then I, you shouldn't be here. That's for sure. <laughs> Cause this... well, well, James doesn't have any problem. I believe she just, had Oh, that she is a great pooper. You guys be like James. <laughs> be James. Be like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys just that that fiber piece. The it's someone. It's like that visual of having, um, you know, a pot scrubber go through, like the steel wool go through, and get all of the rough stuff off of the surface. Things exactly. that are like stuck on there and that are yeah. creating problems. You want to get rid of those. So that's do you agree? Why you don't yeah. want to. That's why you said steaming lightly, yes. so you don't want to overcook them so that they lose the fiber. It's okay. Oh my darling. Okay. And you know, that that's another interesting thing. There's a lot of fiber in seeds and nuts and whole grains. And people are, you know, bread has been much maligned, but I think a good whole grain bread mm -hmm. or, you know, good good whole grains yeah. like farro and quinoa, which is loaded with protein and well, I love seeds. Sprouted stuff. Like sprouted, good wheat, sprouted yeah. bread, like in a an Ezekiel bread, or even just yeah. getting getting your grains sprouted. Like that's a really great way. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know how you feel, Candace, because there's there's a lot of information. Um back and forth about the soy situation, but especially for like our vegans and stuff who are listening, like obviously some of the protein they get is from soy. Um, and I think that in moderation and uh, fermented and sprouted, it's, you know, it can be very beneficial too, as long as you're not overdoing it. But I, I think that like sprouted tempeh is a great option for getting like that, that fiber and that protein. But just, I think whenever things are sprouted, you're getting, more of the benefit from them they're less processed so that's really an important point it's um eats eat soy like the asians do yeah fermented or sprouted as you say and the, there's tamari there's tahini there's oh, miso miso yeah, is incredible miso. yeah yeah and in in a, a soy in moderation is fine but i think americans you know overdo it we've got soy chips and soy cereals yeah. and soy milk well, and, and we just garbage it's synthetic and yeah it's adding to, you know, those, um, doesn't, doesn't it, uh, emulate estrogen? Isn't that like the way that we get fake yes. estrogens in our body? That's one of those ways that that happens. It is, it is an estrogen mimicker. Yeah. So for, for women who have low estrogen, a bit of soy can be helpful. Yeah. It, it can help to moderate some of the symptoms, but always in, you know, again, in moderation, because there is that link between, if estrogen gets too high, it actually blocks thyroid action. And a lot of women are dumbfounded as to why they'll get a thyroid test and their test is normal when they're gaining weight and they have no libido and they feel sluggish and lethargic and they have all these low thyroid signs. They're freezing all the time and they go to the doctor and their, their thyroid's normal. How can that be? Because 
usually there's an underlying hormone imbalance, which we can see in the testing, and usually it's estrogen dominance. What estrogen in excess does is it actually blocks the conversion of T4 thyroxin, the most abundant hormone, thyroid hormone, which is inactive. T4 has to convert to T3, the active thyroid hormone, and estrogen gets in the middle of that and blocks that conversion. So, if, so it's really important for women who have signs and symptoms of thyroid disorder who think they've got a, you know, that problem, get your sex hormones tested first and your adrenal hormones too because they work hand in hand with thyroid and those things have to be in balance before you get onto a thyroid medication treatment mm. for life. You got to find the other thing out. What's underlying the yeah. problem? what's what's the source what's the cause yeah. of the problem because Which so is, many of these like the the synthetic hormones and even even the women who have been slapped on birth control like this is just the pharmaceuticals like band-aid that's going over a lot of symptoms that need to be treated at the root instead of um just covered up basically they're just like here's how you pretend like they're not there anymore instead of let's figure out why they're there and how to fix them um speaking of sex you just said that again on the show. That is what it always comes back to. And before my baby expires, um, if a friend of yours who is your age comes up to you and is like, Candace, so you've done all that. You do all of these things. You know all the rules. You've, you're eating and, and doing the supplements and exercising correctly. How is your sex life? How is my sex life? Yeah, how is it? Like, you're balanced. You know what's up. Like, how are, how are things functioning? Is it good? Are things great? You know, for me, as a 71-year-old person who's been married for over 40 years. Oh, my God. Stop it right now. Wait a second. It's not like. It's are not you, like you are not. That, you are not yeah. 71 years old. You yeah. are? <gasps> yeah. I, I admit I it. I did not had, know that. I also, had, I'm I, sitting here. Oh, my God. No, you will love this. I have to tell you this. I was sitting here. I have on purpose not made any um, references to age because you guys, I don't know how old Candace is. And I was worried that you weren't old enough for me to be saying some of the things and I didn't want to insult you. Oh God. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that she's like completely menopause because she might not be yet. And I don't want to insult her by insinuating that. Oh my God. She no. looks amazing. So whatever she's doing, you guys go out and do everything that she said in this episode right now. Like a immediately. But lots going back protein, to you, <laughs> lots of protein, lots of good fats, um, a nice, uh, I, I test my hormones every year, a nice, modest, uh, Goldilocks amount of progesterone, a little estrogen these days, cause I'm older, but I didn't need progesterone for a long time. And, you know, in terms of my sex life, it's good when it, when it happens, you know, it's yeah. not, there's it's no quality pressure. over quantity. Everything yeah. works, you know, everything's awesome. fine. It's highly enjoyable. It's not, it's yeah. not kitchen table, you know, on, on the kitchen table kind of thing anymore. But. I mean, we just had a baby. That's not really happening for me either right this no. second, but, and it's not that comfortable yeah. when it does happen. But, it's more about the spontaneity. Yeah. It doesn't feel that great, honestly. So <laughs> Well, there's some great, you know, there, there are some great creams out there. Um, some, some, uh, Ayurvedic creams. There's also, um, what was I just thinking of? There are supplements from wise woman herbals, calendula supplements. Mm -hmm. Uh, if there's, if, if your estrogen levels are low, you really are seriously going to be suffering from 
um, from a thinning uterine lining and from vaginal dryness, which can cause lots of UTIs too. So you don't want to have that problem and you do want to consider maybe a weaker estrogen cream like estriol that you can use to put on those vaginal tissues. Can also put some something on um, some progesterone on as well, and there's and there's maca, the adaptogenic herb that's great for sex drive. So you you know it's a holistic piece. It's all about trying to you know put the the good stressors uh, have them overriding the bad stressors. Make that list of the things you most love to do in all the world that relax you and bring you joy. And then go back through that list and see when is the last time you did one, any of those things and start mm -hmm. making time for those things that, that calm you down, slow you down, put all screens and phones and iPads at, out of the bedroom. The bedroom should be for sex and Two for things. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> no television, you know, try to, if need be, get some orange glasses if you're watching mm -hmm. television late at night, but really turning off and trying to get to a place where we're following our natural rhythms is the, is the place to get. And I know plenty of women in their late sixties and seventies who are enjoying sex. You know, it, it's not for reproductive purposes anymore, but it's just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. But you got it, but you got to have that uterine lining has to be, has mm -hmm. to have the right. To be so yeah. that's where, you know, a lot of women will say to me, well, I'm in menopause now. Shouldn't I just go with it? Shouldn't I just, no. you know, that's what's supposed to be happening. And my answer is, hey, you know, a hundred years ago, we lived to be 50, right. about 50. We never so got to this point. <laughs> right. So it didn't matter who gave a shit, you know, but, but, but now it's like, I, my mother just passed in her early nineties. We're living another third of our lives. We mentioned yeah. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Jane Fonda is out there, you She's know. She's still having sex and making dildos as Grace. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> and, and wild yam lube, whatever. Exactly. That was. By the way, wild yam is what progesterone's derived from, but the wild yam isn't going to work just on its own. It has yeah. to be converted yeah. to the progesterone. I, I, a yam lube didn't sound that alluring no, to no. me, but, you know, creative it's license. Are right. nice, <laughs> there are lubes out there, and you want to get natural, yeah. non-toxic lubes, and I really yeah. should know. water -based. I actually have some great ones that I'd be happy okay, to, uh, to send you. I yeah. will. I will. I will link all of the lubes because lube yeah. is a huge, huge deal. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. And thank you so much for all that information. And you guys, if you don't worry, if you didn't have a notepad out, I mean, you should have. But if you didn't, uh, I am going to link all of this stuff in, in the show notes. Everything that Candace mentioned Um Candice, I know you do, you have your testing and everything that you are doing, but I want to make sure that they know how to get in touch with you guys for, I'll include that. Are you still seeing clients? Like, are you coaching clients and sharing this protocol that you were talking about with people still or? Yeah, all, all okay. the time. It's, it's okay. women, um, your hormone balance, www.yourhormonebalance.com. And I would love to offer your listeners a hundred dollars off. So Amazing. just put 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 and use the code nothing and we'll say well so we don't have to write out all of the whole but just put use the code nothing and and then you go to our website and put that code in and we'll give you a hundred dollars off the test because you know i have to say these hormones for older women we started out you wanted to talk about perimenopause and menopause lots of symptoms but more importantly especially for women in menopause these hormones are protective so we need to replenish. They re 
protect our bones and our brain and our hearts. And so when I test women, I want to be testing not only to help you relieve symptoms that are driving you crazy and providing, you know, troublesome symptoms all day, but also to protect you from the effects of low hormones so that, you know, suddenly you're seeing that intercourse is painful or you're always in a horrible mood or you can't sleep or you can't lose weight. None of those things need to be happening. You don't need to become your symptoms. So mm. I do, I do encourage you. We are also on um, Instagram. We have a great newsletter and lots of posts out there at, at women, um, your home and balance. I think it's, what is it? Hashtag your hormone balance. So yeah. yeah. And then well, I, when you get the test results, I'll talk to you on the phone and we'll go through it and we'll make sure you understand and that you are listened to. And that's my main game. Amazing. Oh. Well, I will make sure everyone is well plugged in. You are such a wealth of knowledge and so fun to hang out with. Um, you guys, this is like the, I mean, feels like the millionth time that we've actually tried to record an episode. <laughs> we have had the most ridiculous, like, I don't know if it's been like mercury and retrograde every time we've tried to record because we've had tech issues and internet yeah. issues and mm -hmm. all the things, but I'm just so grateful that you're here. And of course, um, now that she has been with us the whole time, James is asleep now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> She's like music. We, but we but do notice that our hormones must be in balance because we kept this stressful uh, tech stuff in stride and made yeah. it happen. Yeah. Well, it must be all my encapsulated placenta that I'm taking. <laughs> oh, okay. That's another, that's another podcast. That's definitely another podcast. Okay. Well, Candace, you are the bomb.com. Nobody Google that, that pulls up weird stuff, but, um, I'm just so grateful <laughs> for you and for your time. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to share this with everyone and get ready to get blown up. Cause I'm sure that, um, there's going to be a lot of people reaching out to you. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.